You're listening to the Citrus Church Podcast. Now, here's the message. Hi, my name is Jared Cunningham. I'm worship leader for Citrus Church. And I'm Brian Johnson, pastor for Citrus Church. So this is our third Citrus Church refreshed. Yes. Second time we got a third. Exactly. Yeah, okay. The first one was you kind of sharing your vision for worship, which is great. People should listen to episode one. Yeah, and then the second was us kind of going over two months of stuff in 17 minutes. We did good. I think so. And then for the third, we decided to switch things up even more. We're outside Scribble Space. Yes. Sitting outside enjoying a fall day. I think it's fall. It's it's fall it's fall in Florida, so it's like maybe still high, hot, but not as hot as yeah. like summer. High seventies. We're hot and sweating, but we're not melting. So correct. There we go. Yeah. But Brian, we just finished our greatest hits of the Old Testament series. That's right. Four weeks of greatest hits. All those Old Testament stories that probably don't make sense to most of us. Right. Because, like I said, I think I like mentioned in worship, you have New Testament, love God, love your neighbor, but then you have Old Testament, hellfire and brimstone falling from the sky. Uh-huh. So if you could talk about everything we've been over for the last four weeks. Yeah, that, so I was excited to do this series. I think the Old Testament is just, it can be a lot of fun to preach from because you just get these really rich stories. The New Testament shifts gears a little bit in the ways that it presents itself and the ways that the stories unfold. But in the Old Testament, you just get these really exciting stories that are so different than what we experience on a day-to-day basis. Um, So I thought this was going to be a really easy series to put together because I thought, oh, there's just so much there and there's such amazing stories. It's easy to kind of pull out some to talk about. And I actually found this was one of the hardest series I've put together in a long time because there were so many good stories. And I'm trying to give like a big picture and like, here's the the 10,000 foot view of the Old Testament. And so I really struggled from week to week. I think I scratched a bunch of ideas to figure out what are just four stories that we can lift up that try to help us make sense of the Old Testament and explain what God is doing and explain why people get so stuck, like you said, on the hellfire and brimstone and all those things. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so I thought as we got started, I was interested just to hear this. So what are, I want to ask you, Jared, what Old Testament story is your favorite story? And then I'll share mine. I'll say anything from the book of Judges. Okay. Because there's like so many different ones that are good. Uh-huh. And I feel like if someone, you know, felt dedicated enough, there's a way to like probably make a movie about like each character from the book of Judges. Yeah. Because there's like the ones we know there's Gideon, there's Samson. Mm-hmm. But then you have all these other characters who did like amazing things that no one knows about. There's one, I can't remember the name right now, but. I believe the Philistines or whatever enemy was attacking Israel, and this one guy fought them all off with this really blunt spear. <laughs> uh, I think he fought off like five or six hundred Philistines with like a blunt spear. So, and who who hears about that? That sounds like some kind of kung fu movie. Yeah, but it's like one of the stories you don't really hear about. I don't think there's any that I know of, like recent or maybe somewhat recent history, like Hollywood movies made about judges. No. I mean, they did like the um, the Bible series. Or yeah, I remember like that. that. Yeah, yeah. I think they touched on like Samson, and that was it. Okay, and there's, there's some good material there. Yeah. yeah. What about you? What's your favorite? So for me, it's it's always uh, the Book of Exodus. Primarily, I love, uh, and maybe it seems kind of basic, but I love the story of of the Israelites in Egypt and the way that God rescues them and then carries them out through uh, the Red Sea and then. Eventually, after 40 years of wandering in the desert, into the promised land. Um, for, for whatever reason, that one has always stuck out to me because I think that story tells about God's really big story. And we kind of touched on this a little bit in worship, but 
that one to me speaks about the theme of like liberation. Like God is all about taking his people who are enslaved or trapped, in this case, literally by Egypt, uh, in our case today by all kinds of different things, and brings us through very dark and difficult places into a place of hope and, and help. So that's that's always been a favorite for me. That's probably like the pastor answer. I like the story of Exodus, but it's also the one that makes me like scratch my head the most. Okay. Because you have the Israelites who, for previous reasons, wind up in Egypt. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we cry out, we cry out, like, Lord, save us. Okay, we're going to send Moses. And after the plagues, it's like, okay, yeah, we finally get to leave. We get to the Red Sea, and it's like, oh, God, God, you trapped us. And there's that missing of the faith. Yeah. And then it's like, God provides a way. We save them. And then we go into the desert. And then... God's like, let us this far, and now we're going to worship a golden calf. <laughs> and now that we worship the golden calf, now we have to walk around for 40 years till we disappear, and now our children get to go into Egypt. And it's just one of those things like, he saved you, but now you don't believe in him. But now you believe in him again, but you're going to keep screwing up. Yeah. So it always makes me scratch my head. Yeah. Because there's like so many big things where it's like, yeah, if, you, if like a sea parted in front of you and you walk through it, like wouldn't that be a good fruit for the future? Yeah. Right. And you're led, I think that during the day they were led by a cloud or like a pillar. Yeah. Like and a pillar during the night, day. it was the pillar of fire. Yes. Yeah. The fire at night, cloud by day. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And it's like, that's like leading you and you <laughs> going to worship a golden calf that we made ourselves from all of our jewelry. Yeah. Yeah. Like if we had a giant cloud that followed us around as we were going about our day, that'd be really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And then a pillar of fire at night. I I can't see where that happens in any other instance in history, but Golden Cat is what we're going to do. We have fireworks in this area every night, but that just leads us to Disneyland. That's, yeah, that's a little different. <laughs> it is. And my hunch is this is where you're going with this too, but how, how clear it should have been for them to see how God was at work, but how much we still struggle today to see God at work. Exactly. Yeah. That's where I feel like I can relate to that. You know, there's been all kinds of things in the past where I can say God was faithful with this, but like, is He going to come through today? Then, and I was going to share like the Old Testament story that makes me scratch my head is, and mostly it's just I think it's funny because there's a story uh, with Elisha and he's one of the prophets. There's Elijah and Elisha. This is Elisha, and he's bald, and some some youths, some uh, some children or some youth come and make fun of him. And so he uses his prophet powers to call bears to attack the kids. And, and as someone who, who is bald, there's just kind of a nice little, I do not condone you know, having bears attack children. But it was like a baldies unite. Kind of thing. <laughs> That'll be a sermon for another day. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That'll be a difficult one to choose music for. <laughs> there's not much music about bears, children. Not much. Okay. Well, there's always an opportunity to write in your song. Oh, well, see, there is apparently in a, what is it called? The Apocalypse Blues. Okay. Found that messing around song, so like we might have to break that up when we talk about, if we ever talk about Revelations. So we, Maybe we'll talk about it so we can do the song. We'll see. Okay. Sounds good. Well, let's jump into a recap and just kind of touch briefly on some of the things that we covered in the series. And of course, how can people, if, if they're like, man, I missed that one. How do I, how do I hear what happened that week? How could they do that? They can check out, well, we're in a few places, so they can go to citruschurch.org slash sermons, mm -hmm. and they can catch us there. Or you can search Spotify, you can search us on Spotify, 
at yeah. Citrus Church with the white logo with the orange background. That's right. As well as Apple Podcasts, as well as Google Podcasts, as well as like five other places. That's right. So wherever you get your podcasts, we're right there on the show. Um, so the first week we did, we talked about that organizing principle and I tried to give a framework for how we make sense of doing it. And I, it was, it was, it was fun for me because I got to take out the junk drawer from my house with permission and kind of just take our church through a journey of my junk drawer. And I mentioned that junk drawers are why they are because it's all the stuff that we don't have an organizing principle for in our house. We don't know where it goes. And I think that's how we view the Old Testament. We just don't always know what to do with it. And so I gave the principle of covenant. Uh, we might say contract today, and said so that if we look at the idea of God making a covenant, an agreement with humanity to always be with them, if they will always follow him, then that gives us a sense of why things work and why things don't work. And basically, like you said with Exodus, they don't work when the people uh, choose not to trust and follow God. And they work when they do. When they do. Um, we also jumped in after that into uh, thinking about justice in the Old Testament. A lot of the Old Testament is like basically people getting killed and cities getting burned. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd agree. And it seems like God's always the one who's in charge of that, and that, that's kind of troubling. Um, but we looked at a big character, David, and when I looked at it again this time for this series, I, I saw something that I hadn't before, and we talked about David and Bathsheba, and how Bathsheba has been looked at negatively, but she's the victim in the scenario. So, so David... Uh, cheats on his own wife, and um, he sleeps with Bathsheba, and she becomes pregnant, and he has her husband killed, and it's a series of like poor choices on David's fault. And so we kind of lifted that up as a Me Too moment, where David really gets off the hook, and Bathsheba, through history, has been with polio. So we tried to um, allow her story to be a story of, of how God re redeemed the mess that David made in her life. Um, we jumped after that to Jonah and the big whale. So Big whale or big fish? Oh, good question. Yes, you're right. Ah. It's a fish, not a whale. Veggie Tales has conditioned me. Did you ever see that movie? I did. Okay. I did. When we uh, were planning this one, yeah, I was wondering where Tarshish was. Uh -huh. And we looked at it on the map and was like, yeah. oh, it's like right up the coast. And turns out, no, it's not. It's like way... Because in VeggieTales, they say it's the other end of the world. Uh -huh. So that's like, it's like, well, if it's the other end of the world, like it's got to be farther away. Do you remember where it was? Spain. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, the, I assume that was like the known world. Pretty much, yeah. Because yeah. think about it, like either way you go, you can run up the coast of Africa, uh -huh. or you can run along the coast of Europe. But once you get to like Spain, it's just nothing but open water. So yeah. Yeah. Probably the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> At that point in time. Exactly. Exactly. It was. And that kind of highlighted he was trying to do everything he could to get away from what God was calling him to do because he just didn't like the people that he was called to proclaim God's mercy to. Yep. So that was a, a good story about how God is always expanding the circle beyond just the people that we think should be included into more and more people. And then we landed the plane, so to speak, with uh, another prophet, one of the major prophets, Isaiah. And we tried in that one to kind of link the Old and the New Testament. Do you remember the quiz that we did, the pop quiz? Yes. Yeah. So for those who want to take the pop quiz, it's in the podcast. Yep. Right? Okay. And uh, basically, the trick with it was, was we just read Isaiah chapter 9 straight through. But I broke it up into individual verses and asked people, was this Old Testament or New Testament? And of course, I knew the answers, but 
I think I would have stumbled on that one too. Isaiah has been called the fifth gospel, and Isaiah is quoted more in the New Testament than any other prophet. And and so most of the things, most of the of the, the words that we read about why Jesus suffered on the cross, and most of the the kind of words that we read about what we call Christmas, right, are all from Isaiah. So I think that's where it tricked people, and it, it was fun. It, it actually worked. It was fun for me because <laughs> I do the answers. But um, we linked the Old Testament. Prophecy and the New Testament into Messiah, Savior, Jesus. Um, so that's what that's what we talked about. But uh, worship isn't just about what we talk about; it's also about our, our songs and our prayers and our our life together. So maybe share a song or two that you thought really fit or that you enjoyed. And I I'd love to know was there a song that we did that you were really challenged by? I wouldn't say I had like a song we enjoyed because. In the worship podcast I talked about like I always choose a set whenever I choose a worship set I always choose stuff that I really really just feel like we should do and stuff I'm excited to do that week but for this series I would say a set that I was really excited to do was when we did a week we talked about Jonah because we did come now found which apparently I play wrong but I'm okay with that apparently it's a whole lot slower than I play it I don't feel like I rushed through it but Apparently, everyone plays it slow. Mm. And same thing, if you go through, like, Spotify and you search Come Now Found, everyone plays it slow. But I pep it up a little bit, and I don't think anyone, like, disagrees with that, so I guess it's okay. But we did Come Now Found Mm -hmm. into You Are My Vision, which I heard the version we do is kind of patterned after a band called Rin Collective. Mm. And I guess they're more of, like, an Irish worship band. That'd be worth people, like, finding them just to hear how they... Yeah, here the Rin Collective. Yeah, R E N D. Because you are my vision is just their version of be thou my vision. Okay. Which be thou my vision is also another one of those that's usually like slow, but they pepped it up. And we also we did that one into oceans because there's you know big fish, stormy seas. <laughs> Let's do oceans. Feels right. And from there we went into blessed assurance, which also is probably the most challenging song we done for me okay because growing up i didn't have a whole lot of experience with hymns i was we were non-denominational and they just didn't they pull one out like now and again but i knew hymns i have a hymnal that i got from my years playing piano so i'm familiar with like hymn titles okay some of them i know how they go but blessed assurance is one of those weird ones where everything i like somewhat know about music and music theory did not click really okay because Music kind of has like a timing that goes with it. So you kind of just you know how it goes. And the one for Blessed Assurance is one I've never dealt with. So I did, it, I've been wanting to do that song for probably three to six months. Okay. And now I'm just figuring out like how to do it. Okay. So that was like the most challenging one because I've been wanting to do it for a while because I like it. Yeah. But figuring out how to like make this work in my mind so I don't mess up. Yeah. Been, the struggle of doing that song. Finally got it right, but we did Blessed Assurance and we ended on One Thing Remains. And that was by far my favorite set that week. Amy sung with me and she was like static about it. Yeah. Because, you know, like, this set gives me life. I was like, cool, because depending on like how setup goes, I might be tired of I don't know what. So yeah. I might have to just like play guitar and let you have it. Cool, I'll sing I'll sing all, I'll sing this over and over. People may people may not know that, or maybe they don't realize that. But uh, you know, if, if you just come at ten thirty and you're there for worship, which is great, 
may not realize that. Uh, I mean, you get there at eight with me, and then yeah. you start moving all the sound equipment and put the speakers up and, and connecting up cables. And so, um, I mean, you're, you're definitely working before that. Yeah. So I can, I shouldn't say I'm not used to it, but uh-huh. I can handle it. Yeah. It's just how much voice is left and energy <laughs> is left, like, during the set. If I could just play guitar for worship, I'd be okay. But, like, the singing thing, yeah. after you're already, like, tired, and then, yeah, I survive. You do. You do great. And I was going to say, too, one thing remains is, like, my kid's favorite song. Yeah. So that's, the one, that's the one they'll get. Sam, Sam will get his, uh, my three-year-old will get his little guitar out, which is actually our, our daughter's Minnie Mouse guitar. And so he'll play that, and he'll sing it, and she'll sing with him, too, our six-year-old. Worship leaders and training. We're training them, yes. So that's the Citrus Church Worship B team. Yeah? Yeah. If everyone else calls out, just throw Sam and Hassan up there. There we go. <laughs> I like that idea. Okay. Can I play this week? I'll, I'll check their schedule. Let me talk to their manager. Okay. Okay. Um, well, let's kind of uh, let's kind of wrap it up here a little bit and uh, look ahead. So this week we're starting a series called Asking for a Friend. And we're not really asking for friends, though, if you'd like to be our friend. I mean, I'm open to that. But what we're doing is we're looking at some things that, you know, it's like, well, I don't have this question, but I'm asking for a friend who has this I have question. a friend who has some questions about some Christian stuff. I get it. <laughs> but we win. <laughs> yes. So maybe you could tell me and I could share that with it. Yeah. And so I realized as we started this church, there's questions that people have, but maybe they're afraid to ask because maybe they think they should know or. Maybe they think that everyone else knows and they don't. And what I've learned is that if you have a question, someone else does too. So, for example, this week we're talking about, in very practical ways, how to pray. And I think everyone assumes that everyone else is really good at praying. And the truth is that I think prayer is hard for 99% of the people. Prayer is hard for me. And, And I think us realizing that that's the case and us finding practical ways to put that into our life can make a difference. So you don't have to ask for yourself but just ask for a friend. And then we're going to talk about generosity, and we're going to frame, um, you know, churches talk about money and they get a bad rap. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a better way to frame that from Scripture that I think will be very helpful. And then let's be honest. Well, we'll, we never doubt, but we've got that friend who has those doubts. Yeah. Yeah, that friend. So we're going to ask some questions on behalf of of them that week. Other things that are coming up, we got Friendsgiving, which is our Friends and Thanksgiving. We've got uh, our Advent workshop for kids, so make sure to check out those links. And our grow groups coming up for men and for women. And we, so all that is on our Facebook page. You can check it out there. Uh, any parting thoughts for us, Jared? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> right. I don't have these kind of questions. But I feel like there might be some thoughts there, maybe some questions that people might want to ask. And normally on a Sunday, which is... More normally when people see us, sure. They don't have time to ask because we're usually running around. Right. They might have some like questions that they want us to talk about on the podcast. So, oh, that's, I see where you're going. Yeah. So maybe if they have questions, maybe we could like source some questions. And maybe those could be like podcast things in the future. Yeah. I like it. Thank you for listening in. Thanks for being part of our podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website, citruschurch.org. If you found refreshments in this message, share it with a friend. And hey, God loves you.